We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I just like the sound. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. Lamb here in the host position. Joining me, as always, on Thursday, the notorious A-double-L-E-N, Sterk. What up, baby? Hey, what's up? How you feeling about your Falcons, man? As always, you know, <laughs> just, give me, just give me 15 seconds on your Falcons. Uh, complete shambles. Hot seat burning. That's it. That's about <laughs> it, right? You know, I, I've bet on them, I think, like the last like two weeks, too, and it's been an unmitigating disaster. Yeah, let's let's uh, we don't talk too much about one in three teams. We we try to keep it with either teams that are in complete disarray or the contenders. Yeah, yeah. Um, not the not the mediocre snooze fest. Man, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. One of one of my worst calls so far has been them. I have them in the AM, oh, that's NFC, right NFC title game. I should have oh in the oh. Sheesh. I barely had to make a wild card, and even then, I didn't feel too confident. I, I picked them barely to make it over Dallas, and clearly, not the good. Not I mean, especially choice. now with with the the Saints winning those two games against the Seahawks and Dallas without Breeze. You know, I thought that would be their demise. I thought they would be one and three. Yeah, you know, and look, the new juggernaut, the Tampa Bay Bucks, easily the biggest highlight of the week. Oh my, Bruce Arians, he's here. Yeah. He's back. Yeah, he's definitely back, and so is uh, Florida State Jameis. It seems like, right? Yeah, I'm. I, I still want to see like four good games before going crazy. But Jameis did look good. He has those moments. 
yeah, he definitely has those moments, and it was unbelievable. Fifty-five spot on that on that Rams defense in in L.A. too, which is the right. craziest part. God, Godwin just every time I looked up, he was open. Like, he's, like if you want to talk about just a stud emerge, like someone emerging this year, he's someone that's taking that leap. I think he's in his third year, right? Yeah, he's in his third year, but yeah. he was always a guy who the the fantasy pros really had a boner for. Yeah, right. Chris Godwin was a guy who anytime Deshaun Jackson was out. Or if a guy like uh, Humphreys, Humphreys was, was out, yeah. anytime Godwin started, it was like he either scored a touchdown or he had a hundred yards. Yeah. And you know, he's always he, really good in the red zone. I remember he was just he's just a physical receiver, but he's also a vertical threat. He just he does it all. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll get to all the football stuff, but I feel like I haven't properly given the people that listen to the show a introduction of you. You know, one thing VM at its core was always a show that was about friends kind of sitting back tossing some beers mm-hmm. having the game on in the background and whatnot and i know you've been on the show many many times and now you're on pretty much every week but i don't think a lot of people know that we actually know each other for a relatively long yeah. time you know yeah started i think 2012 when you the friday night like football games I remember, shout out to my boy Ralph, came friends with Ralph. Ralph! <laughs> in like 2009, Earth Science class helped me pass a lot of exams, let's just say. <laughs> and then eventually, I think I became uh, cool with Eric and then you and then just the whole crew all together. So yeah, 2012 late, because I remember um, I told you I was a Falcons fan. They were about to play the Giants. And it's, I think the Falcons shut him out. Like I remember the third play of the game, Eli threw a pick to Asante Samuel. And, oh, and, yeah. you're talking about in like December, right? 2012. I think that's when we started becoming friends. And then 2013, I started going to Joey's, and then we would start watching football whenever I had a chance to come through. Whenever the Falcons were on at 1 o'clock, I would come through. And since I say 2013, and then World Cup 2014, the infamous USA games, the Ghana in particular. Oh, my God. So, oh, I, I think man. since like I'd say since 2014, we've been like boys. Yeah, well, we met in like late 2012. Yeah, yeah, no, that dude, you know what's crazy, man? So I took the test to be a Nassau County police officer. Mm-hmm. The day I took it was the Falcons playing the Giants mm-hmm. in December. Right. I think you guys won like it was, it was like 28 nothing. It was point. a shutout, yeah. And I remember I had my Giants hoodie on, and it was the year after the Giants won the Super Bowl. And uh, after I finished the exam, we took it at Nassau Coliseum, home of the Islanders. Mike, you're an Islander fan. He's an Islander fan. All right, pray for that kid. I'll produce a mic in the background. Um, so I'm like sprinting to get to my car so I could go watch the game. And it was like the second half was about to start. And one of the cops is like, slow down, buddy. You don't want to see that score. I was like, how bad is it? He's like, it's embarrassing. Yeah. And then I pull up my phone and I saw and it was bedtime. But yeah, man, I feel like uh, I didn't I didn't really introduce the audience to you. Uh, that USA game was absolutely ridiculous because I remember... We're both soccer fans. That was another thing that we hit on. And you're a mark too. Well, yeah, you were. I'm a true, like that's like my second favorite sport. I, I love the beautiful game. And yeah, when we watched, we watched USA. I think we watched a couple other games that summer. But I just remember that one because everyone was there and just the amount of chance and this the after party afterwards. I'll never forget. Shout out to our boy Davino. Literally hopped on a moving car with flip flops on. I thought he was about to break his ankle. He somehow made it happen. But it was just stuff like that. And then eventually the first time i came on the podcast was like thanksgiving weekend 2015 and then from there we started just doing podcasts sporadically yeah 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 you were one of the first guests that we had on and and also like your background i know you've plugged sb nation but like how long have you been there too since january of 2015 
because I've just always been very passionate when it comes to sports media. I remember just growing up watching CBS pregame show or Fox. I've always been more of a Fox guy, mate, because of NFC. But that's uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still appreciate CBS. I like Bill Cower, and uh, when Shan Sharp was there, he was great. Never really was a big boomer guy, but you know, I thought all of them like. Held, you know, they held it down. They set a purpose, and then ESPN, of course, had their own. So I just liked watching pregame shows. So, but then once like 16 years old, starting to you know read articles, whether it was you know trying to step the day with New York sports or Atlanta Journal Constitution. Given that I like the Falcons, that was another thing. But eventually, reading Bill Simmons' book, Bill Simmons is probably like the main reason why I got into writing. So at 19, I started seriously pursuing. Wrote on a couple of small websites, and then eventually, 2015, between doing podcasts, my, my boy Aaron in North Carolina. Uh, the foul fans podcast then i kind of combined that two years experience had dave who was my manager at the falcoholic sb nation and then got the gig around two weeks before i think dan quinn got the job because dan quinn didn't get hired by the falcons until after super bowl because right because the seahawks were in the super right Bowl. we watched i remember dude avoid davino is one of the worst person to watch football because a patriots fan he always thinks it's doom and gloom i like how a patriots fan has the mindset of it like doom and gloom just it's baffling they're the most successful franchise in the world like get out of here but uh yeah that's how i pretty much got into it i've just been steady on the grind since then covering as many games as possible and just you know covering the beat whether it's you know press conferences or transactions is there's always something big going because atlanta even though they're not known for much controversy it's just i don't know there's always some kind of friction or just some kind of buzz or some players about the holdout so and i don't know i always found Atlanta to be a cool city maybe just because you know the, the rise of it in hip-hop or just the actual like history behind Atlanta the you dirty know, dirty yeah with Dion as well and Vic so I think it's a cool team to cover although past few years it's definitely gone uh it's been a roller coaster yeah like 2016 2017 was the craziest now since it's all about success like could you imagine covering a team like you know magic before the Browns but I would say now when it comes to, like dull teams like I think covering the Titans I know they just beat the Falcons but I feel like the Titans is a bad beat uh like there's some teams. the Bengals gotta suck oh god <laughs> <laughs> no that really is bad is like, like i like i know the dolphins like right now but the dolphins at least there's stories to it like i think a uh, shout out to jenny verena i think her name is from sports illustrated by the way shout out to sports illustrated a lot of layoffs going on today very unfortunate but that's the sports media industry but at least miami you could cover like it's an interesting time to cover miami because like oh my god we're, they're tanking like how to do it but this team's like cincinnati or even washington i think the redskins are because there's always negativity there like, even though with the giants you had your success and atlanta they've had their success but there's some beats i don't know i feel bad for the beat writers covering some respective teams i don't feel bad for miami b writers because they're also in the 305 so yeah that, 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 you got that yeah. you're chilling yeah you're chilling but yeah man i'm uh i'm glad that we got to do that i've been having it on my mind to at least let you talk and tell people a little bit about yourself mm-hmm. before we get into the x's and o's and whatnot but all right there is one talking point that i do want to address and it's very important it's a monumental one um what do you know about this fair play to play act NCAA California versus the NCAA. Are you familiar with it at all? Or? I've seen a couple of headlines, but I've not done a deep dive into it, but it seems encouraging. I guess you could say. So let me ask you, because first of all, I, I want to get the idea of how you feel about college athletes getting paid. Are you like Tim is swears by, yo, they should get paid. Yeah. I'm on the fence. I'll give you, I'll give you my side first. I don't know how you can pay all these college athletes. For example, you could pay Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback for Clemson. You could play Johnny Manziel, right? What are you paying the goalkeeper of the women's team? 
What are you paying the lacrosse, best player on lacrosse? What are you paying the walk-on on Kentucky basketball? I don't think college kids should get paid. And the reason why is when they graduate, the majority of them, they have no debt. Right? Student loan debt is, I believe, the highest in the country. right? Trillions of dollars in that. Also, you get a lot of perks post-playing career. You know, obviously you need to graduate and I don't know what the graduation rate is in all these schools or whatnot or for college athletes. But I know for a fact, I know people that have gotten jobs just because they were the wide receiver at Rutgers. And it's like, yeah, I wasn't even qualified for this job. But, you know, on my resume, it said four year starter at Michigan. And now I'm a a, a bullshit accountant. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting this job because I was a wide receiver for the Wolverines. Where I strongly disagree with the NCAA is exactly what California is doing. Where, dude, if I'm a star quarterback and you're a booster and I'm out with a plus one at a bar or I'm eating dinner and you come over and you're like, hey, man, nice game. Dinner's on me. I don't think I should get in trouble for that. No. I don't think if Terrell Pryor, going back to his Ohio State days, ultimately got suspended and kicked off the team because... He wanted to get some tattoos and tattoos. I mean, I'm looking to get some tattoos and cost a lot of money. And the tattoo artist said, yo, sign a couple of jerseys for me and let's take a couple of photos and I'll do, a, I think it was an arm sleeve. It's like a two, $3,000 job yeah. at, at, at the very least. So I don't think they should get in trouble for that. I don't think the kid who, and I know I'm rambling a little bit, but I don't think the kid, uh, I believe he went to UCF or USF. He had a YouTube channel. He was a kicker. That's right. I remember hearing that. About and that. he got... He got kicked off the team for that. I don't think that's fair. I think if 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 I'm the star of the school and someone wants to pay me or give me money or I can sign some autographs and get a couple extra dollars to spend at the bar, I don't think I should get in trouble. In yeah, that. you shouldn't be punished for being popular or being a star. Like, look at Zion. Like, he was the king. Like, if you can make some good investments or if you're doing things a proper way, like, what's so wrong about signing a bunch of autographs? Or taking pictures of getting a sponsorship deal somewhere. Like, I don't see any real issue with that. I think it's just unfortunate. And just, I think Sensei, in a way, just being ultra disciplinarian, but also just bullying these kids. It's just like, if they have the, if they're popular and if they're generating big rains and crowds, why not? Why can't a star like, a, say, like a Luke May at North Carolina or, you know, or some star at Kentucky, like, if they're the man on campus and they're getting opportunities elsewhere? What's what's the big deal? It's a, it's like what criminal act is this? Like I don't understand. Like oh, they're breaking some sort of code. Like if there's one thing I'm very passionate about, I thought Tim Tebow's rant was one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. I think he should probably not be on TV anytime soon after that. And I wish Stephen A, the God himself, and Max Kellerman went after him for it, but ultimately they didn't. But I just think with Tebow, his rant, just you know, all this playing for pride. It's like oh. But eventually, if I'm a star and who knows where my career is going, because, you know, another big debate is like, oh, guys sing out bowl games. Right. Or if they don't make the NCAA tournament. I remember this big man, I think it was on Arkansas, Daniel Gaffer might be his name. He's They make the NCA and then NIT. He's like, I'm not playing the NIT. I'm going to be a top 15 pick. So you understand, like, just managing your future career and just putting your body on the line, it's – but then we can't – use our popularity for benefit like we can actually possibly profit off it i don't agree with that at all yeah and i'm i'm all for kids shit if i was if i was a christian mccaffrey did it 
I believe Leonard Fournette did it also. Yeah, I can see Leonard Fournette. Like, yo, if I'm playing in the in the Meineke Fish Bowl, like, mm-hmm. fuck that. If I'm yeah. playing for a national championship, yeah, I'd be like, yo, dog, like, right. come on, play for that. That's prestigious. Thing. I get that. But if you're playing for one of these, there's so many bowls now. Like, it used to be an honor for a university to go to a bowl game. It used to be like, yo, we went bowling, right? We're going to, you know, a school like, uh, a small school like a Maryland to go to a bowl game. It used to be something prestigious in the 90s and the early 2000s. Now there's so many bowl games. It's just another way to make money if you're the NCAA, where even even the Final Four is really what it's all about, right? Mm-hmm. Georgia last year got pummeled by Texas because they didn't make the Final Four. And Texas came into this year as one of the most overhyped, overrated teams coming into the season because everyone saw, yo, they beat the shit out of Georgia. But it was like, yeah, like what's their motivation going into that, right? Your whole season, you're thinking you can win a national championship. And then on the last day, you lose to Alabama again in heartbreaking fashion, only this time to have Jalen Hurts come in and beat them as opposed to having Tua coming in in the national championship. And it's like, all right, man, what? I'm going to get up for this bowl game. Yeah. So I'm all for them sitting out if it's something like that. Look, Jalen Smith just got paid recently. And, man, his career was in jeopardy for a while after the way his career ended in college. Miles Jack is another player. Right. Dropped his, sec- yeah. dropped his second round because of the knee issues. 32 32- 32 teams essentially said, we're not taking a first round. Meanwhile, all these mock drafts have him in the top 10 because he was that good of a talent. But then he felt the second round, and Jacksonville benefited from it. So I just think I don't see anything wrong about just signing autographs or just trying to get some sort of endorsement deals if it's right. Like I think these programs realize. And let's not forget like how much shadiness goes on. They're like, look what's going on in Arizona with the FBI. Uh, Georgia Tech is now, I think, banned. Their college basketball league is banned from tournaments. You know, what's what happened? Louisville, Rick Pitino, just Oh, the brothels, yeah, right? Yeah, like, come on. Like, there's so much shadiness going on programs. Baby. Yeah, these players can't just sign a bunch of autographs or just do something, get a free meal somewhere. It's just, I think it's ridiculous. But... Who knows? The NCA is such a frustrating thing. It's kind of like FIFA and UEFA. It's like it just there's never there's never ending when it comes to just drama. It's just like all right, this is going to continue. You just got to deal with this. It's Who's just, more corrupt? FIFA, FIFA, FIFA. Come on, Brazil, <laughs> Qatar. You know, look, Russia ended up working out right. I hear. I think Russia was only a positive experience, but. You know, I think Brazil was pretty negative, and Qatar, who knows what's going to happen there. So, no, I still think FIFA reigns king. But you know, look at that and see what Richard Sherman says. He's like, oh, I hope it brings it down. Like, there's a reason why there's so much negativity directed towards NCA. So, yeah, the I'm I'm very curious to see as, and for those of you that might not know, the next World Cup folks, uh, they've completely taken the enjoyment of getting through the summer with one of the coolest events of the summer, the World Cup in 2022 is literally going to be played in the heart of the football season. I can't wait for it to be in a bar, 25-degree weather, just sweating in a checkered jersey. Like, what? My favorite summers are when they're major soccer tournaments. Absolutely. It's the The Euro Cup, World Cup. It's like, all right, man, how am I going to get through the sporting? We have a whole month. We have a whole, like, five weeks of soccer, right? And then it ends, what, mid-July, would you say? Yeah. And then before you know it, training camp opens up, and you're like, oh, shit, the football season's here. Dude. That's what happened last summer, especially since my country baits the final. I'm just like, dude, they're going train camp like in two weeks. I'm hungover as hell. I'm like, damn, I got to get back to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole one-month party's over. So now they're, now they're doing that shit in the middle. So like, 
Oh, it's awful, and it just—it's so. And what about the what about the ratings too? You think? I mean, shit, you're gonna have to find. Well, World globally, Cup it's games. gonna be all right, but I know, nice but like, days. man, it's gonna be hard not to watch Red Zone to watch like Ireland, I think it's South Korea. It's gonna dip in the United States. Oh, without yeah, a doubt, it's definitely gonna dip. But I think nationally, look at or globally, I should say, I think it'll be fine. But I just once again, I don't know why they have to go that route. It just well, it goes it, back to the corruption thing yeah. with the with the NCAA as well. Yeah, just what's the appeal, Qatar? Like just. I know Middle East big money like Anthony Joshua's fighting Andy Anthony uh, Andy Ruiz in uh, I think believe Saudi Arabia so they're just trying to use that money in the Middle East at this point and I don't know and you know you're a wrestling fan look what they're doing in Saudi Arabia so. oh man we've uh, we've discussed it many times on the wrestling show that it's you know it's it's a cash grab yeah. and you know WWE in the past they've done a lot of things because of money mm-hmm. and you know what a part of me says. I don't know how I would respond to that if I got offered the amount of money that they did. Yeah. But then again, you know, they've been pushing the big women's empowerment, women's wrestling. Right. And they don't allow any of the women wrestlers over there. No. They just allowed, I believe, Beth Phoenix, who's married to Edge, yeah. or it's Renee Young, who uh, she dates Dean Ambrose, yeah. but she does commentary now for wrestling. And she was the first on-air weekly personality doing commentary on Monday Night Raw. They didn't allow them to go over there, too. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Is WWE going to be the culture shock that they're going to get out there? Who knows? That'd be something. Yeah. Like, they already started World Cup qualifiers in Asia, and then female fans aren't allowed in certain countries. Yeah. Banned. So, it's just, it's, I don't know, Middle East. Not to go on a ramp, but I just don't know what, what their moral principles are. But. Yeah, and then with this Qatar stuff, is going to be it's going to be wacky, man. So if you guys didn't know, I just wanted to run by that. I I also want to put myself over a little bit because I talked about this fair fair pay to play act back in like July. I've known about this thing because it's been something that it's going to be monumental, man. And you know what's going to happen, dude? Florida is going to chime in and be like, "Yo, we're losing some of these recruits to California." Right, because you know California doesn't have bum teams out there. They got it's USC, UCLA. Yeah. Right, it's, it's taking a hit college basketball wise. Like Pac-12 is really like I think it's the worst power conference. But you know there's still traditional programs out there like like UCLA, USC, Cal, Oregon. Like oh wait, Oregon. Or, or, no, been, no, yes. that, yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of random Pac-12 teams, but now you go to be. But it's hopefully it makes a big difference because I just think there needs to be there needs to take some action because at this point there's some things that. You, know, you just hear some stories. You're just like, why is it like this? There's some things that just need to be corrected, like especially with you know transition to NFL. Like I don't know. One thing, if you watch, like what do you make of the challenge rule right now? Because I really don't like it. I think it slows down the game and it gets very redundant. And some challenges aren't really necessary. Man, uh, I regret being so for this. Like I was super adamant about like they had to do something, but this isn't the answer. Well, it's it's once again it's the NFL, and I just think us as a culture we need change to everything that happens, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, Calvin uh, Des Bryant, right? The catch rule. Granted, I bet the Packers that game, so I was happy that that wasn't a <laughs> touchdown. The degenerated me, but Des Bryant, America's team highlight game of the weekend. Right, Packers, Green Bay, one versus two seed, or, or they were a top. No, nah, there was a wild card round. It was a wild card round? No, I mean, no they beat Detroit. They yeah, beat Detroit. Yes, they yeah. beat Detroit. So it was yeah. a divisional round game. Yeah. But that Cowboys team was really, really good. That was the last Tony Romo year. Yeah. And then people forget that. Romo got hurt the next year. Then they got the top five pick. And then that's when Dak and Z came in. Yeah. So really, Dak inherited a 
12 win team 13 whatever they that won offense that line was starting to come together right time, right yeah. that was the early stages of how dominant that offensive yeah. line was so you see that call and people were going ape shit on twitter people were losing their minds how bad of a call it was so what did they do they made adjustments to the catch rule then what happens the pi no call on the saints ultimately they come out you can challenge it mm-hmm. it's gotten to a point now where it's like yo they're challenging it for everything and I don't know how you feel about this, but dude, anytime a pass gets thrown incomplete and there's a collision, don't you just expect a flag? Do like this day and age. This day and age, man, a corner makes a hell of a play. It's like ah, laundry's coming. Half a second too early. Oh, half a second. I can understand, but like even like a fraction of a second, if he's too early, they're gonna call it or just some sort of little hold. It just it's. I don't know. I always, I still think to this day, like, I don't know how safeties play the game anymore. I know it's hard to be a court, but even safeties, it just, they're put in positions where even when they lower their shoulder, it just, it, their helmet might make a little bit of a connection and they get 15 yards. Like, that's another thing that I just think they need to moderate. But it's just, you see at least once or twice a game a challenge on a play where, and I just think the officiating needs to get better. Like, they should. It's just these guys have 15, 20 years of experience. They should have the whether the resources or just the knowledge where you can Or being full-time. Yeah. These guys aren't full-time. I don't sure. know if people know that, but they're not full-time. Right. Like, their job isn't just, I'm an NFL ref. It's like, no, nah, I also I own a, a deli. I Actually, probably not. But, like, you know, I'm a teacher or, you know, um, someone else is like a banker. Yeah. And it's like part-time. They're making like $250,000 a year. Yeah. But it's like, yo, you're such a... You, you bring in close to $10 billion in revenue. You can't hire full-time refs. Yeah. That Eagles-Packers game. <sighs> Classic game, but the fishing. And just, I think it was Scantling that got robbed like down the right sideline. I don't know what Oh, yeah, and they at. challenged that yeah. PI call, too. Yeah. So it's just overreacting to what happened in that playoff game. Yeah, I just think there needs to be a better way that we could do this because it's just it's slowing down the game, and the game's being slowed down enough between the holding calls and, uh, of course, obviously, cornerbacks or just defensive backs in general not being able to use their hands as much it's just i don't know everyone wants the game to be quicker and you still see teams running more no huddle but it's still like it just slows down the pace and you have to wait three minutes and it's just now given the the technology we have these days it needs to be something needs to happen more efficiently here comes the money here we go money talks all right, before we move on to the NFL portion of this show, I want to run by a couple things to you guys listening. Starting in October, we will have a new free merch reward for being a Patreon member for a long time. Right? We will keep track of how long you've been a Patreon member for. Everyone who's already subscribed will be given a one-month streak. So all of you that have been Patreon members prior to October, you all start fresh with a one-month streak. When you hit six months you'll receive a VM hat. When you hit 12 months, you'll receive a VM shirt. These are custom shirts, embroidery. Uh, The logo is stitched on. And also we have the, the logo is stitched on. These are exclusive shirts. And when we get to 24 months, if we keep it that long and everything goes well, we'll figure out something for that. So until October 6th, if you sign up for the Patreon page for the first time, if you are a first-time subscriber, $10 tier or higher, from now until October 6th, you will receive a hat, courtesy of us. Now, for you to be eligible for this streak, it is very important to note that you must be a 6- or 12-month streak in a row without a declined or a canceled payment. So you can't subscribe 
unsubscribe, resubscribe kind of thing. It got to be consistent throughout. We are trying to build something here at VM, trying to get a studio, a couple of cooler mics, maybe hire a couple of video editors and whatnot, get some cameras. So all of your money is being spent tremendously on good things. You know, I got a lot of custom merch made for the show and whatnot. So if you also want merch, DM the show, whether on Twitter or on Instagram. All right, this next segment that we got, man, a lot of backup quarterbacks playing well. A lot of teams still winning with their backup quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. What do you make of that? Just just general idea without pointing out anyone. Just how you feel? I do think it helps that with their supporting cast and especially some of these teams with their defense, these look at Jacksonville, Carolina, New Orleans, all come off very good defensive performances. I think that helps as well. Oh, and we even mentioned Chicago, who has arguably the best defense. So, uh, But one thing you notice, these quarterbacks, with the exception of Kyle Allen, he had some bad fumbles, but these quarterbacks are kind of, obviously you expect them to be conservative, but they're not really, they're not putting themselves in bad situations. Like I think what Bridgewater is doing right now is brilliant. Like he knows his limitations. and His team right knows reads. his limitations too, which that, is a good thing. Well, working with Sean Payton, it's of really course. hard. <laughs> like, people don't understand how good Sean Payton is. Like uh, The difference between New Orleans, like uh, I knew I was going to regret picking Dallas when we did last week. You know why? Because coaching couldn't matter more in those games. You saw how much Sean Payton outcoached Jason Garrett slash Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore kind of looked over his head. But I think with the right coaching staff and just these quarterbacks kind of know their limitations. I think Chase Daniel as well. You just saw he wasn't really testing him deep. Just went to Tariq Cohen a lot and Al Robinson underneath. I think once you know your limitations and then just kind of, I think the benefit of play action helps as well. And you know, kind of going to your main target like Michael Thomas still put up big numbers that helped a lot. And you know, with, with Chase Daniel just managing the game, I just think if you with the backup quarterbacks especially. Where whether it's Carolina or New Orleans, Chicago, I think those are the three teams I was most impressed with. You just you could trust their coaching staff to put the right game plan. When you have that, and then you have the supporting cast around you, you're gonna see wins. I also think we gotta show some love to Gardner Minshew, but he's he a backup anymore. I think even Foles healthy, he's gonna be a starter. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's a take. Is it? Re- I'm. I think the whole Nick Foles. What, what would you call it? Okay, so. I've never been Nick Foles guy. Okay, so I don't know entirely what you're trying to say, but I have an idea. Yeah. I said on the preview show how I thought Nick Foles was going to quickly realize how good he had it in Philadelphia. And first of all, that team is stacked still. Stacked then, stacked now. Mm -hmm. Great owner, GM, head coach. That GM, geez. Howie. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you that actually would have preferred Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. Uh, I'm sorry. As I look into the I'm, I don't know what to tell you. The guy had eight good... All right, Grant, there were two, two of the biggest games you could play well in, but he really had eight quarters of good play. Yeah. I was. I covered the Eagles-Falcons game. He was horrendous. Very fortunate. The He threw a bomb downfield. It directed off Keanu's kneel into the waiting arms of Torrey Smith. If Keanu Neal picks that off, Probably this doesn't happen. It was all Joe Flacco over Raheem Moore, a little bit of a difference, but you get what I mean. And then we saw a regular season, like those games against Oakland on Monday the night. Monday night game. Brutal. Da- so one of the worst games I've ever seen on TV. I think it was Christmas too. And then he had a couple other big games. And he's never been that great. Okay, he had that one year with Chip Kelly, but he flopped in 
LA, Grant RHF Fisher, but still, I'll, or, him, I'll cut him some slack there. I have to. But even when, even the regular season, like when he had to start the first few games last year, uh, for for Wentz, right? Like I, that game against Atlanta was it good? Tampa Bay, they threw like two picks. I think that was when Fitzpatrick was doing his thing, but he didn't look good then. I just think Foles, to me, he's always not just been limited, but he's made a lot of bad mistakes. And he's just someone that I don't think you could trust for 16 games. That's why I thought it was laughable that he got that contract. I'm just like, this is standard Jacksonville. They're just kind of finding what's best out there. Now, Grant, look, he was going to get his opportunities somewhere, but was it four years, $88 million for injury-prone quarterback that's put together maybe, what, 19 good games in his career. He's been benched multiple times. It's someone that really struggles, when, especially under pressure. He's not a good athlete, never been a good athlete, and he's just someone that I don't think you could really trust uh, for a sustainable period of time, and I think Philly recognized that. Yeah, and Minshew's making plays. Like, Why not ride with him? No, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And and the team seems to be behind them. You hear some of the things that guys like Leonard Fournette are saying, that that mustache is the secret stuff from Space Jam, and that's like his superpowers and mm-hmm. whatnot. And, dude, he made a hell of a play on that game-winning touchdown against the Broncos. Yeah. You know, and that pass rush seemed to have come alive a little bit. Sucks that Bradley Chubb is out for the year now, torn ACL. Almost seven years to the day that he tore his the same ACL in high school. Man. That's why he ended up going to, like, a school like NC State yeah. because all the offers were taken off the table. Mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew, I have a couple of uh, grades here. Uh, Shout-out to our guy, Taron, stat guy, Taron, sending us some. Uh, stats and info here so teams with backup quarterbacks their offensive grades so we got chase daniel one game 83.8 we got gardner Minshew 76 kyle allen 66.6 sir daniel jones 63.4 we should throw daniel jones in there that was a backup now you know he's a starter i guess but i feel like he's the franchise guy you're preferring as the franchise guy then why is oh, he of backup? course yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. and you know any chance i get to talk about daniel jones as mike is over there Thinking about how his quarterback has mono. Yeah. By the way, did you see that quote today from Stan Darnold? He just he he just doesn't want to die. You know, it's not the worst. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to live. Like I understand. I like, just want to live, man. Yeah, and he, going against Philadelphia, if you want to live, don't go against Philly this week. Just taking their week off. Teddy, Although I think they got to play Dallas next. So yeah, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, fifty-seven point six league low average in depth of target. So again, like you said, they're not making him throw deep downfield because he can't. He's no. limited, right. which is not a bad thing. I think knowing what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are is a strength also. So also take into account you have a weapon like Alvin Kamara, who I thought Alvin Kamara kind of single-handedly tore apart Seattle in that game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like yeah, Kamara yeah. was just eating him alive. And talk about Seattle with the likes of Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright. Just how, That was really impressive. I just, you look at Alvin Kamara, like how he got into the hands of Sean Payton, just those two together. Third round, dog. Like how you give an offensive mastermind like Sean paid him so, but I, I still think Teddy B like it, that Dallas game he could have got rattled and I thought he handled himself very well. He once again didn't really force too much downfield and he was just looking for Michael Thomas and why not look for one of the best route running contested catch receivers in the league like like people get a lot of criticism of Michael Thomas because he's kind of a possession receiver and he flexes after every first down but come on Michael Thomas if he's not top five he's got to be in the conversation. The Saints are the only one of these teams that PFF's simulations predict them to win the division. Saints are also third in PFF's power ratings. Of all these teams, the lowest rated team are the New York Giants at 27. Um, A common theme with all of these teams, with the exception of the New York Giants, is that they also have some good defenses. Right, Defensive ratings for the Bears, second in the league, 
Panthers sixth, Saints tenth, Steelers. We didn't mention Mason Rudolph. You know, one and three now. Big game against the Ravens in division. If you could, if <laughs> I don't think it's going well. Yeah, but think about this. Say, say the Steelers win that game. Monday Night Football, we got the Browns and the Niners. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. There's a chance that it's a three-way tie for first place in that division after this weekend. That's true. But it's just the Bengals are such a – I think Bengals are one of the, if not top three, like top five worst teams in the league. Just I don't know how much to take into account of that Monday Night game. I didn't think Rudolph looked all that impressive either. No, they, yeah. he did a lot. You know, I think I think uh, yeah. Connor and Samuels caught 16 passes. Yeah. Similar to Teddy Bridgewater. Ran a lot of jet motion, a lot of jet sweep. So they got creative with Samuels. Wildcat too. They ran a lot yeah. of wild – I haven't seen that since like yeah. 2010 really. <laughs> Hey, if you watch the Falcons, Mohamed Sanu has been doing it all the time, man. Right. Sanu cat. Right. But uh, but then there was one coverage bus where Deontay Johnson got uh, behind the secondary. So I'm not sure what to make of Pittsburgh because of, I just that's that San Fran game was ugly. And the fact they didn't win that game, five turnovers, it just it's a worrying sign. Their defense is not great. But uh, I do think we should talk a little bit about the Panthers. And I kind of I said – they have too much talent to fall apart. Now look at them two and two. I thought being Houston on the road, stopping offense that much, I think that six sacks, holding the Texans to what? I think it was thirteen points or ten, 10 or thirteen, 10. something like that. Yeah. Offense with that many, with their weapons, I think it's a testament to that defense. And once again, uh, you saw kind of like with I believe Jacksonville riding Fournette. You saw Carolina ride McCaffrey. McCaffrey like twenty-seven carries. He made. By the way, did you see his catch? Oh yeah, yeah. He tipped it twice. I think it was on a little crosser. And this McCaffrey, he's not guy. I don't. Even though we know he's a start, he doesn't get enough recognition. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know why, right? He's oh. a white running back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, Colin didn't look great. Although you want to talk about another freak play? Did you see when JJ Watt was coming on the? twist and he just ducked it and just chucked it to I think it was Curtis Samuel downfield it's just these quarterbacks especially backups they're really good athletes which I think we, another thing you want to take account you know Sir Daniel uh, even though I don't know I don't even know if he's a backup at this point but you look at Minshew who I'm not sure if he's a backup but, but Kyle Allen and Bridgewater very good athletes uh, Chase Daniel by the way did you, there's a stat of Chase Daniel where uh, he, I think he got paid more money in his career than the amount of passes he's attempted in the regular season I know he's I, I'm pretty sure he's the highest paid backup in the league or, or Bridgewater just surpassed them when Could they be. gave him that, that contract. I wonder, I wonder what Tannehill's contract's like. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Tannehill, yeah. too. Uh, one, I think one of the other talking points about is the whole Chase Daniel Trubisky thing. There's been a lot of discussion about that. What do you make of it? Listen, man. <laughs> we've had many conversations. And I just, you know, I had to spend the whole summer listening to certain people. <clears throat> Tim. Uh, tell me about Trubisky taking the next leap and whatnot. And I just didn't see him, man. And I, I really watch quarterbacks a lot because I played quarterback and just something about that position I've always gravitated to. It's also the most important on the field. Mm-hmm. I never saw it. I think they're in a better position now to win with Chase Daniel than they are with Trubisky. Because you don't see Daniel make too many mistakes. And he was going to the Vikings. He knows Zimmer's going to bring those blitzes. And I just thought he managed the game really well. They got back to... I think one of the big things that made Chicago successful is Tariq Cohen was a big part of their offense. I think with a weapon like Cohen, he needs to be one of the two main three options. And I thought they got him. Cohen last year averaged nine passes... Oh, uh, 11 targets, nine catches per game with Chase Daniel as the quarterback. I remember he went off against the Giants. Yeah. I know the Giants won that game, but I remember Cohen went 
off. Yeah. I just think him and Al Robinson, those are your two guys. He mixed in a little Taylor Gable and Trey Burton and if Anthony Miller get involved. Like Chicago has playmakers, but I think and, and, Tariq Cohen's just a matchup. Yeah, nightmare. and and don't don't F it up if you're the offense. Like that defense is absurd. Again, it's you know, year to year, sometimes you can't bank on a team being the number one defense back to back years. Mm-hmm. But man, that Bears defense is unbelievable. Th- there's no regression. Yeah, at all. Yeah. Like it's just it amazes me. Just there's no because we saw Jacksonville last year. Uh, well, I think with Jacksonville, was it the I, turnovers? No, I think that yeah, but I also think Jacksonville was just like, man, we gotta go out there and try to play defense for a Blake Bortles led offense. Mm-hmm. Where it goes back to what I said about the Giants, man. How the Giants defense look? They played Case Keenum and a rookie quarterback last week in relief, and you know I was laughing on DraftKings when they were like the fourth most expensive defense. I was like, hold on, what am I missing here? And they put up like twenty points on DraftKings, right? Mm-hmm. I believe the Millie Maker winner had the Giants defense. But with all that being said, the defense is the same as it was in week one, two, and three. But what has changed? You have a different energy about you when you know that your team could pick up some first downs and you're not out there for 38 minutes a game. And that's what I think ultimately was the demise for the Jacksonville Jaguars last year where they knew that every Sunday when they were going out there, no matter who it was, they were going to be at a significant quarterback disadvantage. And the other team knew that Yo, all we have to do is make a couple turnovers and maybe their offense could score points for us, you know? Mm-hmm. Like so that's what I think with some of these defenses and what you're seeing with the Giants, what you saw with I think the Jaguars now too with Gardner Minshew. Defense is playing and they're doing it without Ramsey too. Right. Ramsey didn't play last week. True. So I want to get to games of the week, but last question on this. Of these teams, right? So we have the teams we have are the Saints, the Panthers, the Jaguars, the Steelers, and who am I missing? Giants? We, yeah, we, we could leave the, <laughs> the Giants The two and two out. Giants? Yeah, we could leave the Giants <laughs> out. So we got Bears, Jaguars, Panthers, Saints, and Steelers. Yeah. Which one do you think is the most sustainable going forward with their backup quarterback? Saints, without a doubt. All right, you, if you can't pick the Saints. Because they actually have a starter who – Yeah. They have a quarterback that has started – right. Played in a playoff game, should have won a playoff game. So I guess the, I'll lean Bears over Panthers just because with the Bears they have more playmakers defensively. Clil Max game record. Let's not forget Akeem Hicks didn't even play against the Vikings. Could you imagine if he if Akeem Hicks was healthy against that Vikings O line? Kirk Cousins. <laughs> we're gonna try to live with our Kirk Cousins. I feel like that's become a repetitive theme on this podcast that we just constantly trash Kirk Cousins for obvious reasons. But I just say if Akeem Hicks played in that game, it would have got even uglier. But they have played like Eddie Jackson, uh, Prince Mukamara playing very well. Roquan Smith, Dan Trevathan, I think is one of the better linebackers. It was like Chicago's defense. It's just scary how good they are. And just there's no regression. So for me, Chicago between that. And I do like Matt Nagy. I think Matt Nagy, yeah, he gets a little criticism for his clock manager. But I do think he's one of the top play callers in the league. He doesn't get enough credit for how creative he is. There's times where he might get a little too cute. But I do think just Chicago's infrastructure makes me lean a little bit more towards them than Carolina. Carolina, they don't have the same amount of defensive game records. And uh, I don't think I'm not that Never been a big Ron Rivera guy. I think he's solid, but Ron Rivera, North Turner is not the coaching staff that makes me overly confident. I'm trying to think. Marcus Pierce is just going off right now. <laughs> yeah, we got we got the Saints. We, we Saints. We got the Seahawks and Rams game in the background, but that's not why I'm delaying here. I'm trying to think. So if we can't pick the Saints. You gotta go Bears, I think, right? Or are you really going with the Panthers? 
two and two in that division. They're one game back. Have they played any division games yet? Oh, so, they played. They lost to the Bucks. I think they play the Bucks like next week too. Right. The red hot Bucks, man. Right. The no more perennial doormat of the NFC South Bucks. <laughs> right. So I don't know. I kind of like now. The question is, what do you do if these quarterbacks come back? You already said Gardner Minshew is. You would just ride that hot hand, right? Why not at this point? Ben, Big Ben isn't coming back. Breeze is coming back. And Breeze, I've always said this. When it's a Breeze, Rodgers, Brady, and those guys get hurt, Pat Mahomes, God forbid, knock on wood, because he's my favorite player to watch right now in the league. Like, even though he didn't throw a touchdown last week against the Lions, it was just unbelievable just watching him. And, and just some of the throws he still makes are just yeah. flat-out ridiculous. When your quarterback gets hurt, like, remember the, the Matt Flynn year? Where Matt Flynn won like five of six games or something. They won in Dallas too. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, well, Rodgers is healthy. He's coming in that week 17 game against the Bears, winning your in kind of thing. Man, I remember that throw that he made against Randall. To I have Randall no Cobb. idea why Chicago blitzed in that situation. Why would you blitz him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he, he ran like a nickel core blitz. I'm like, what are you doing? And he saw that shit the whole way. Just side. I think Lovey was still the coach. I'm like, this is why Lovey. You got to go. So in that situation, like Matt Flynn was playing so well. And then I believe the next year he went and he got paid. But it was a case where the Packers were like, yeah, man, thank you for keeping the, the, the ship afloat. But Rodgers is going to step in. Now, Man, Cam hasn't looked good. And Kyle, if you're Kyle Allen and you continue to ball, and I know he had a rough game last week too, but this could be an out for the Panthers who have not extended Cam Newton when all these quarterbacks are getting paid. This could be an out from that contract. Now, I'm not saying Kyle Allen's going to be the guy for a decade, mm-hmm. but... I think if Cam's healthy, you're starting him without hesitation. It should, it should be a controversy. No, but he, he posted some like 15-minute video on his uh, YouTube channel explaining that, yeah, he has to take time off. He's not coming back till he's 100% because he probably should take it. He shouldn't have played in that Rams game. When he was in warm-ups, he was just forcing himself. Uh, he did this. Like, whole, I didn't watch the whole video, but the quotes were pretty eye-opening that he that third preseason game where he got injured, he just barely hurt his foot. And he just told the coaches, if I can't run, that's why he didn't do the QB sneak on fourth down in the Bucks game, which you know, if they would have done it, they could have won that game. Like it's just one or two plays. Like the Bucks should be three and one right now, but the kicker missed a chip shot. So it's just these little plays could determine if you make the playoffs or not. So I think Cam realizes at this point, uh, if I'm hurting the team, not being able to play up to my full capabilities, then I'm not going to be on the field. So that's why I think it's smart for them to ride out kind of, but if Cam's hundred percent, just, Everything he's done in his career and just what he brings to the table as both a pass and a runner, you have to play Cam if he's 100%. Yeah, I feel you on that. I'd have to agree with that one. But I, th- I think the answer is the Bears because of how good that defense is. And With the Bears, it's going to be very hard to blow them out. You always know they're going to be competitive. Like When you really see the Bears get taken to pieces right. because you know they're not going to allow at most 17 points. Right and probably because of some special teams or quarterback error, like yeah, yeah. it's just their, the way they built their defense. All three, le- we're talking about all three levels of a defense. There's no weakness there. Edge rushers, three down linebackers, solid corners. Eddie Jackson one of the best playmaking safeties. Uh, I think Clint, Clint Dix has been quietly very good as well. So Chicago, salute to that front office. Even though they'll always be remembered as the team that drafted Trubisky over Mahomes and Watson, traded up to get him too. Yeah, sorry, Bear fans. <laughs> We have some really good games for games of the week. Packers at the Cowboys. Classic 425. Have you seen the slate for this week? How it's laid out? <laughs> Just it's embarrassing. Why are they doing that? 10 games at 1 p.m., 2 games at 4? 
Actually, one game at four, four oh five, then four twenty five. Yeah. To the Denver and Charger fans out there, you know, enjoy your little game, but at four twenty five it's all about Packers, Cowboys. No, but I just think the spacing of it is Yeah, horrible. it's it's annoying. It's the I I just think it's the two premier franchises tradition it's just they're they're gonna stack it up but they should have maybe one or two more games like i don't know what they could have put they could put like a west coast team in there is it that difficult to just go like seven five split yeah i think it depends on time zones but you could have put like giants vikings at four i don't know if they want to mess with the giants because you know daniel jones is taking over but they could have put like the i don't know if the jaguars some smaller team they could have put at 425 just bounce out but i know that fox wants that Packers Cowboys slot, so I think that's the reasoning behind it. But yeah, I don't know. It's NFL; they have the weirdest setup. But how are you feeling about the Packers Cowboys? That matchup. It seems like Devontae Adams isn't going to play. I think Devontae Adams for how shaky this offense has looked so far at times this year. I think he might be one of the most valuable wide receivers to his team. That first half last week. Oh my good god! Good googly moogly. Jesus, what he was Dude, doing. Dude, City, he, he caught like a curl, and the City Jones didn't even react. He just ran right past City Jones. It didn't matter if it was Jones, Darby, Maddox, Adams just eating them alive. Like, it was crazy. I have Devontae Adams on two of my three fans teams, so it was a good week. But, uh, yeah, he's – it's crazy because a few years ago, Devontae Adams was on the verge of getting cut. Like, he was someone battling for a roster spot. Now he's a top five receiver, and he could do it all. So, I think now Green Bay, you know, there's a lot of talk about – Denver tanking and like everyone mentions, Mayo Sanders would be the perfect fit. Been saying it. If if this game goes awry and Adams doesn't play, and we've seen Green Bay now with their new front office and how they are not hesitant to be aggressive. You saw free agency getting Amos, Preston Smith, Darius Smith. They will be aggressive, and if Rogers starts getting more and more frustrated, which I think you're starting to see signs of it. They could go after Sanders because, look, I love Toronto. Toronto made some sick plays last week with them, and I think Scantling's starting to come along as well. But I just think Green Bay, given that this is a really talented team, and who knows how many more years of – like Rodgers, I think, has a good four or five years left. But still, like this is a team that I think could compete for a Super Bowl this year. So if the opportunity is there and they kind of get exposed this week by Dallas, I could see them going hard because I think based on you know how Mayo Sanders looked this year, how can you not make a move for him? I kind of feel like they got exposed against the Eagles. Coaching-wise, LaFleur, the red zone play calling, very Sarkeesian-esque. Those last two drives were abysmal. I didn't, I couldn't believe that. How do you not at least run the ball one time with Jones, yeah. no? I, I could, I understand why they tried one fade to Jimmy Graham, but, man, Jimmy Graham's not the contested catch guy anymore. Like, he's, I don't know what happened to Jimmy Graham. <laughs> so... It's all fun in games, and it's easy when you play shitty quarterbacks, and then you play Carson Wentz. Um, and just that the offensive scheme in general, Doug Pierce, some of his play, right, call. right. Yeah. But but what I, what I'm trying to say is like Buffalo's defense was lights out the first three weeks, and then they played Tom Brady, and they were still lights out. Mm-hmm. I think the Bills win that game last week if Josh Allen is in, right? Because they forced, I believe, three straight punts. To end that game for the I Patriots. I thought Josh Allen played terrible. I don't no, know about I, that. I, I, no, I know. Uh, yeah. He he was one of the reasons why they were trailing in that game, too. Yeah, I, I don't know if they win that game. Maybe they kept giving Frank Gore the ball. Dude, that guy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Fourth all-time in rushing. Dude. Unbelievable. What's his nickname? The Inconvenient Truth? Is it? I've never heard that before. What? It's in, it's in Madden. Isn't that the nickname, Mike? Uh, right? I don't know. 
I just remember during the Niners Giants NFC Championship game, Frank Gore scored a touchdown, and I just saw Paul Heyman's Twitter account. He just goes, Gore, Gore, Gore. Oh, Some yeah. The best oh, man. That's awesome. <laughs> no, nah, but yo, going back to this, right? Like, I, I think this Packers defense played lights out, but it played Kirk Cousins, Joe Flacco, and Mitchell Trubisky those first three weeks. And then they play a guy like Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. who didn't really have all his weapons. No, Deshaun Jeffrey was just coming back. Jeffrey was just coming back. I don't believe Goddard he just practiced. came back. Yeah, Goddard had just played back. We mentioned no Deshaun. Uh, I guess Jordan Howard, knowing that division, he had a probably he's not he's not gonna have another game like that like he did last last week. Yeah, yeah. He scored three touchdowns. That was very impressive. But you know, I think it was kind of concerning that the offense. I felt like watching that game, they fell apart when Devontae Adams went off the field. And I think that he's the new Jordy Nelson for Aaron Rodgers, if not even more than that, where if he's just out there, it's just a different vibe to that offense. Because they don't have any, not just not true number one, but a guy that could, you know that could create separation on his basis. Jerome was a fun player, and Valdez Scanlon is coming along, but these aren't two guys you can really depend on. And you're going against Dallas' secondary with a stud like Byron Jones, and I do like some of the players like Anthony Brown there, and uh, Awuzier is also talented. Like Dallas has a stout secondary, so if Adams isn't playing, I think that's a big concern. But look, Dallas has injury issues as well. Tyron Smith... I think is already out and Lyle Collins is banged up as well. Not having two year starting tackles against a pass rush like Green Bay's. Yeah. That's yeah. could Ty- be concerning. Tyron Smith, I'm pretty sure, is at least missing this week, right? Yeah. And, and um and Lyle Collins is questionable as well. And we've seen in the past uh, when Dallas doesn't have their starting tackles, uh, what happens in those games? Well, you know in particular, right? Didn't Claiborne <laughs> Andrew have Claiborne like a- seven sacks the same uh he was running the same club move every single day of time. But uh I just you do think now with Kellen Moore there and not Scott Linehan, they'll, they'll make the adjustments to Dallas. Although Kellen Moore, I thought, called a very poor game against New Orleans. A lot of runs on first down, which kind of played into New Orleans' hands. Well, I think the issue is a lot of teams run on first down, and then what happens is you run on first down, say you get one yard or two yards at best, and then you throw an incomplete on second down. You're third and eight, third and nine, right. third and tens. It's yeah. like you put yourself in bad spots. Yeah. Now, I don't know if, if the optimal – way to approach it is to go play action or to pass on first down but it does seem like some of these better teams they run those quick like hitches quick swing passes to running backs and then it's second and six second and five Mm -hmm. as opposed to being second and nine which makes all the difference i also think for the dallas cowboys and i was talking to this you see my friends are they're legends right and the reason why i say that is Sometimes you could talk to them about the Cowboys and they're very rational. Sometimes you could talk to them and they're super irrational. I said to them, I was like, one of the reasons why I think Dak Prescott has not played well the last two weeks, and I know they they beat and they covered against the Miami Dolphins, but he didn't look good in that first half. Man, I think they really missed Michael Gallup. He's supposed to be coming back, right? Yeah, if not this week, the week after. But Devin Smith, sure, he's a home run threat, but... How many times can you... Cop had a bad game, too. He was dropping a few passes. Yeah, Jeez. and Amari Cooper, I don't know what it was. Lattimore locked him up. Lattimore, I guess when... Don't start wide receivers against Lattimore when it's like a big name. But or, then when it's like a random legend, play yeah, it, I don't know. It's weird with Lattimore because I think he's someone that wants to cover... He want, He's one of the few cornerbacks that travels. Like, he'll go right, in the slot, yeah, yeah. but he's really bad in the slot. Like, Cooper Cup got him bad in the slot. Like he's someone, if he's on the outside, I think Lattimore is one of the top corners lead. But when he goes into the slot, I think... It's, 
I don't know, some of these corners, they just can't make that adjustment. Because you, you don't see many corners do it. Like Patrick Pearson used to do it back in the day, but he would get roasted. It's just hard, that adjustment for corners to go from outside to inside. Like, not many could do it. Like, maybe I think Chris Harris, because he has experience. Because now Chris Harris playing outside. Right. So... I think that was the reason behind Lamar because I think he's like top five and most allowed yards, but you got to take it to count like Cooper Cup. Like that game against Cooper Cup, he allowed like over 100. So I think that's, that's a little inflated. But Am I crazy for thinking this Devontae Adams missing this game? You know, 168 targets he had last year. I think ultimately that's why Dallas wins this game. That, and I do think it's a huge concern how bad Green Bay looked against the run. Philly was manhandling them. I know Philly's offense line is one of the best in the league. They've been a little underperforming, but you know they have bullies up there. You want to talk about bullies. Even though Smith and maybe Collins are out, they still got Martin. They still got... Frederick. Yeah, like they're still, they still got guys there. And right, right. Obviously, Zeke is going to do his thing, and then Dak with the RPOs and... It's just I could see Dallas bullying Green Bay pretty bad. And I, Green Bay didn't have much of a response for Philly, and I'm not sure if they're going to respond there. So those are the two things I'm really looking at, as well as look, Dallas, I think, still is going to bring a heavy dose of pressure. Green Bay, I know they've won the better O-lines, but Rodgers, Tennessee, holding on to the ball, I think that's problematic against a team like Dallas where you have guys like Smith and Van Der Esch that could cover so much space. Like They'll chase after Rodgers. And yeah, I think a lot of things are pointing in Dallas's direction, and yeah, I'd probably go with them. I love watching those linebackers in Dallas. Oh, Vanderush in particular. Vanderush yeah. is so fun to watch, yeah. and even Jalen Smith too, and and the occasional Sean Lee when he's out there. I see Sean Lee. I always like Sean. It's, I I think he can start for a lot of teams, but you know, he's loyal, and I think he realizes he can't play forty five fifty snaps anymore. He's better off playing twenty five thirty. Yeah, and if he's not relied on to be a guy that's gonna play as many snaps as he used to in the past. I remember he used to be a guy up there with like Luke Keekley and Bobby Wagner as far oh, he as he was a stud. How yeah, yeah right. but also what he meant to his team, like the splits with him right. in and out of the lineup, it was significant. It's yeah. like, yo, they're a top five defense when he's out there. When they're not when he's not, they're like twenty third in the league. Yeah. I remember in that Atlanta game he didn't play and that's why like Atlanta scored like twenty eight points. They were running all over him. So it just those linebackers, you need them, especially guys that, you know, they're the they're not just the leaders, but they're the signal callers. They get everyone organized. You need those organizers. So, But you could see Venerush is kind of taking that role. I, I don't think – just his, him and Darius Leonard are like the two young linebackers I'm looking at right now that are just sent their league. They're like the gold standard when it comes to linebacker play. You know, I'm a Deion Jones guy, but I think Deion Jones is a little older now. What about this tidbit right here? Aaron Rodgers, 6-2 and two all-time against the Cowboys in his career, has never had a grade less than 81 per PFF in Dallas. I don't think he's faced a Dallas defense this good. That's very fair. I don't think the Dallas defense has, ha- has been this good in a very, very long time. So I've been watching football. Yeah. <laughs> like they're legit top five. They're another team. They got stars at every level. Dude, I just remembered. Robert Quinn. He made an impact. Yo, another guy who got forgotten because he was with those Rams teams early on that would go like eight and eight and All seven right. and nine. But dude, this is a guy who had I believe he had an eighteen sack season. This is back in twenty thirteen. He's he's been a little injury prone, but he's still but something yeah, like different. People, he can make a difference. Absolutely. People people also forgot about him being in Miami last couple of years. Yeah. So yeah, dude, he's made some plays for them. Right. Even yeah, in that Sunday active. night game, he was he was making some plays. He that was taking it to Armstead a bit. Armstead's one of the best left tackles of the league. He's never gonna need to be the primary rusher on that team with Dexter with, with Lawrence on the other yeah. end. So Demarcus Lawrence. Marcus, That's Demarcus, right? Yeah, Dexter Lawrence yeah, is, yeah. is yo, Dexter Lawrence. <laughs> High uh d- d- um grade PFF. I just 
taking a three hundred. Oh, I need something. Alex. Taking a three hundred fifty pound nose tackle with the eighteenth pick, not something I would do. Seventeenth, it was even worse. Oh yeah, <laughs> like like it's just in this day and age. But look, like we they need, can't rush the passer. Yeah, yeah. So, but you going with Dallas? I'm going with Dallas. Yeah, okay. I'm going with Dallas for sure. All right, the next game. Man, looking at the schedule, I think NBC, when they put this game on primetime, they're like, oh, we're going to get Andrew Luck versus Pat Mahomes. Damn. Turns out to be Jacoby Brissett. Look, I'll be honest with you. I don't like spotlighting games of the week where I can't see either team. Like, I need to see either team winning. There's not an ounce of me that believes that the Colts can win this game. Uh, Hooker might not play. Clayton Gathers might not play. T.Y. Hill and Darius Leonard are questionable, and Marlon Mack hasn't practiced yet. So bedtime. They're they're, very, they're really beat up. I was thinking maybe like uh, to stay competitive because if anyone knows in terms of, like a, a ball control style game plan, it's Frank Reich. Like I could see if Mack's healthy, they could run the ball. They're gonna do everything they can to keep Kansas out the field. But I just think the issue with Indy is just they don't have much. Like defensively, they don't have a lot of players. Like Justin Houston, this is gonna be a reunion game, but he hasn't looked that good this year. I think Kansas City made the right move getting rid of him. Although it has to be said, I don't know where Frank Clark is right now, but he's been anonymous this season. I, just the moves. Like if the one team that got right, Seattle and Clowney. Clowney's looked good so far, but just between Houston and Indianapolis, like Clark has say just pass rushes that you expect to create havoc. Guys that are have been consistently good for years, they just haven't performed well. I did not understand the. The entire Frank Clark situation. Was I crazy for preferring D Ford over him? No. <laughs> D four last year. Just I, I think Clark's slightly more consistent from if you look at year to year, but in terms of high end play and guys that can just take over a game like D Ford to in terms of his speed off the edge. There's not many that can move like him. I did not understand that. And I think they gave up draft picks to get Frank Clark too, no? First rounder. Kansas City. Yo. <laughs> Listen, man, don't give up first-round picks. Uh, well, then again, uh, I'm going to sound hypocritical here because they have Pat Mahomes. But, like, don't give up first-round picks if you don't have a franchise quarterback. With mm-hmm. Kansas City, they could do that. but Houston, I could do it to an extent. Man, I don't... I think he has the same amount of sacks as Aaron Donald because I saw someone tweet out something about Frank Clark. Like, where are you? It was like his face on a mis- on a on yeah, the yeah. thing. But Donald still, like, you watch that Cleveland I know, game. He but was, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, some numbers are, and I always mention this. New Orleans fans will tell you about Aaron Donald, by the way. Right. <laughs> but I, I always mention this one thing. One of the biggest jokes in NFL history was the fact that Andrew Luck did not win Rookie of the Year that year. And it was RG3. RG3. And it was all because RG3 threw, I think, five or six interceptions. And Andrew Luck threw over 15. And it's like, yeah, Andrew Luck, I think him and Matthew Stafford threw the most in the NFL that year. And, like, RG3 maybe threw 400 passes, if that. Yeah. And, and you know, Andrew Luck, they won more games that year, you know. And it was also a situation like this where I think some of these numbers are inflated. Like, yeah, you have the same amount of sacks, but... I also think sack totals across the league are going to be going up because there's more passing. Mm -hmm. But as far as an impact, I didn't really see anything from Frank Clark this year. Hasn't been much. And it's the team that needs him. Because obviously Chris Jones won the best interior interior tackles of the league. You think he gets the credit he deserves? He'll get it eventually. Because it's only been one year. I think eventually, because you got to put up a resume. People want to see, can you do a year in, year out? So I think eventually you'll get because everyone when you think of defensive tackles, all right, it's Donald Fletcher Cox, 
And then who else? Your boy's in that discussion. Great Jarrett's definitely in that discussion. Jarrett's One of the few bright spots. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Akeem Hicks on Chicago. Uh, unfortunately, K1 Short I tore his rotator cuff, so he's out he's for the year. But yeah, he's yeah. another guy I really enjoy watching. But I think Chris Jones, like he's just someone as a pass rusher. Other than Don, I think he's there. He's a little bit of a liability against Ron, but he's someone that's holding that D-line together. But in terms of this game, I do think Indy, you ha- if Mac plays, I'm interested to see how much this times of possession can they. Because you know they're going to look to run the ball. With their O-line, they could cause damage there. And Frank Wright clearly sees that he needs to make sure time of possession, they need to keep the ball as much as possible. And with a QB like Brissett who doesn't make much mistakes, I think they could do that. Like I think they could pick apart uh, the Chiefs a little bit because the Chiefs defense is exploitable. But... It's just that Chiefs offense, man. Yeah. And I don't think there's a team worse covering tight ends than the Colts. Like, tight ends go off against them, and they just so happen to go against the best one this week. Second best one. Evan Ingram's better than him. Oh, all right. Damn. Ever since Deion Jones came to the lineup, Nick's just gone. <laughs> nah, nah. I've just, I've just been trying Are they going to say George Kittle for, as, for the marks? Nah, nah, nah. Travis, Travis Kelsey's legit. I'm just, yeah, I'm just yeah. being an asshole. But I do like... Uh, I do like what Pat Mahomes has been able to do, obviously. <laughs> Shocker, hot take, <laughs> folks. But it's like, Trent yo, for uh, it doesn't matter who's really out there. They're doing all this without Tyreek Hill, man. Yeah. Who I said in the beginning, going back into the summer, where it looked like he might be suspended because of his incident with his kid and, and his girlfriend, fiance, whoever that is, that I thought he was the most valuable wide receiver to his team in the NFL. As far as what he does for that offense... I thought he was number one, in my opinion. And him not being there, I legit swung in favor of the Chargers winning that division. And then it so happened that Derwin James got hurt, and then Tyreek Hill came back. And that completely swung me in the other way. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, I do think once they get Tyreek Hill back, watch out. Because now they have a running game, too. I think Robinson's been huge. He's been a huge. And and, and, and even Watkins has disappeared since that first game. I think this is a little big against the Raiders, but no, I get what you mean. I'm trying to remember. But it, it doesn't really matter in that offense because everyone's getting a target. Like Hart, Hartman's doing his thing. Uh, I, I'm enjoying the Shane McCoy revival. That was such a perfect fit. So it's just with Kansas City, it doesn't really matter who's there. Uh, they have a bunch of playmakers, and Andy Reid's going to use them. And I just think between that and this game against the Colts defense, that's, they play a really vanilla scheme. Like they, they just prefer to keep plays in front of them. They don't play overly aggressive. Uh, I just think that's not really going to work against the Chiefs. They're going to impose their will, and they're probably it's. Uh, it could get ugly, but I'm going to say it's probably like a 14 point win or something. Well, the spread it's I believe it's the highest, one of the highest on the slates. Um, they're a double digit favorite at home, so it's going to be interesting to see how that. I hope Ty Hilton plays. I, I, I want to see him back. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. Man, I, I wish Andrew Luck was around. That's also true. It also helped if Eric Ebron didn't drop three passes again. Oh, you saw some of his drops last week? Yeah. Like, come on, Ebron. It's kind of looking <laughs> like the Ebron from Detroit, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's close out with... Um, honestly, I think it's the marquee game of the weekend. Green Bay Dallas. Oh, if Adams doesn't play? It, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's unlikely that Adams plays, but... It's man, fascinating. I like, I like this one. It's a new look f- two teams that are really trying to make their mark. They're on the national radar now. Uh, San Fran, the team, I think, w- that was competing with Cleveland to get OBJ. I remember San Fran had a lot of interest in Odell. Obviously, they didn't get him. But uh, I actually think everyone's talking about these two exciting offenses. I think this could be a defensive slugfest. 
slugfest. I don't know about all that. I think both defenses have played really well this year. And just based on how both quarterbacks have looked shaky and both offense lines have questions, and you want to talk about defensive line talent, you're going to see a lot in this one between Miles Garrett, Vernon, uh, Sean Richardson on the other side. Got some studs with Bosa, Ford, and Buckner. Like There's a lot of talent. There. And we know how shaky both these lines are, in particular the Browns. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's one of the biggest games that I think both of these teams have played in a long time. Obviously the Browns, but yeah, when you look at the Niners, they really haven't No, the Niners 23- Monday they're they're it's it's them, the Chiefs and the Pats as the only undefeated teams. And I know they didn't play last week, but that's big. That's gonna be a big game for San Francisco. Coming off a bye, let's see how your boy Shanahan has them prepared. Mm-hmm. Right? If you wanna be one of these elite coaches, you wanna be really successful coming off a bye with extra time to prepare. I also think that they have something in this kid, Debo Samuel. Um, him, Dante Pettis is still kind of, I don't know what to make of him. Mm-hmm. They were really high on him. They traded up to get him coming out of Washington. Kittle, we know about. Goodwin's the vertical threat. Yeah, Goodwin is, you know, two, three deep shots deep down the field yeah. throughout. Uh, Jimmy G, how do you feel about Garoppolo? He's looked shaky this year. I just, he has. I just but think- there was one throw that he made in that last game that they played. Pittsburgh. Where... Man, no one on that team last year could make. It was like a it was like a, a, a deep drag route over the linebackers right before the safety to Kittle. That, yeah, yeah. And it was like a play action and he was getting rushed and he stepped into that. It's just certain plays where I don't think none of those quarterbacks last year could have made. So that's like where it's those kind of throws and those kind of plays, I believe it was like a, a second and twelve or a third and eight kind of situation. I think those are the kind of plays that really separates you from the pack. All right. I think also another issue with San Fran, why I'm looking at Joe Staley is I think he'll be out for a long period of time. Yeah, he broke his foot, didn't he? I believe so. Yeah. And blocking Miles Garrett. Look, Shan's going to have a – Shan's going to figure out a way, but just Scheme sometimes – Yeah, like you're going to see a lot of play action, a lot of bootlegs to right because that's classic Shannon. They're gonna, I think they're going to try to run the ball, even though I don't even know who's running the ball for a team anymore. There's a new running back every week for them, but – I do think just both these defense are two of the more rising defense just based on their front four and just the talent there. I do think the Browns have a better second there, especially I think Denzel Ward will be back for this one. So I have not confirmed that, but I know he's been out for a bit. But I, it's just I, I think the pressure's still on Baker because you look at that game. Yeah, it was a statement win for the Browns last week, but I didn't think Baker still played that well. It was just a Nick Chubb show. Chubby Chubb. He's, I think him and Dalvin Cook are the two running backs where they deserve more top five considering. Maybe they are already, but those are the two guys when we talk about the best running backs in the league. You don't mention Cook and Chubb enough. Or at least the general consensus. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because... Well, Chubb just came to the league, so I can understand that. But Cook, I think talent-wise, and maybe because Cook... Injury, some of his injuries, they get turned off by a little bit. You know. But I, would you think maybe smaller markets? Man, I don't think that matters in the NFL as much as people think. Right. Like, everyone has red zone, so yeah. you see these guys. And everyone plays fantasy. I guess because so they're know. young. You Look, both guys are just guys into the league. So, you right. know, unless you're Saquon, where it's just like, okay, this guy could do it all. And he's played 16 games. Because Chubb didn't really start coming out until, like, after they trade Carlos Hyde back in, what, October? So, that. And then, obviously, Cook's had his issues. But I think Chubb... <sighs> Some of the runs he had last week, he just and he, he turned the Jets on that long one. Yeah, I he has breakaway speed. Everyone knows I'm his violent yeah, runner. Yeah, he has yeah. breakaway Dude, speed. Dude, that that surprised me. I can't front. Next gen stats said they clocked him as the fastest 
as the fastest uh, running back. And then Baker was like 19 points to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, Jarvis Landry still in concussion protocol. I think that's a big absence if he's not there for them. He had a monster game he last did. week too. They are getting Callaway off from suspension. Man. I don't know what to expect of Callaway, but... What about... Uh, do you think it's sustainable for Odell to not lose his mind after... What do you have? One catch? If that? And getting choked out? <sighs> Oh, choked out. I I did hear about that, yeah, but I think good. if they're winning convincingly, Odell, I just think the whole prima donna thing with the Odell's overblown. You might know obviously more of me, given that you follow the team more, but I just think Odell, if the team's winning and they're making plays, why not? I, I do expect to have a big game this one. I think Sherman's got his hands full. It's always easier for the wide receiver to, and if you guys didn't check out, I have my buddy Sam and Solomon on. They played wide receiver at Cortland. They also took the JUCO route. And they also played with Rod Streeter. Okay. Raider legend. Well, Raider, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we talk a little bit about the wide receiver. And one of the reasons why you are a diva is because when your team is losing, you feel like, yo, if I get the ball, I can make something happen. So you're right. I think if the more that the Browns win, I think that the quieter OBJ will be. Uh, my biggest thing for this matchup here is what is Cleveland going to do against the tight end? Because they have struggled. I don't know about this year. They haven't really played a guy like George Kittle yet. And this is, uh, you know, Delaney Walker found the end zone twice against them. And historically, this has been a team who's similar to the Giants. They just struggle to guard tight ends. So when you got a guy like Kittle, you know he's going to be featured. He's sort of matchup proof. It's like... If you're playing fantasy football or if you're watching him, you're like, you know what? I could bank on George Kittle to have a monster game. Yeah. It's just so consistent. Especially how Shannon uses play action. Like he just finds some acres of space on those rollouts. Or I love classic Shannon. He might break out for this one. The tight end throwback where it's not the number one tight end. They'll use it for like a number two, number three, where the tight end's like pretending the block. And they throw him backside, yeah. right? Yeah. Dude, oh. I've seen them do that a lot. I know you have. 2016 Falcons did like four times. Yeah. It's like one of the classic plays. He might break it out for this one. He only does it a couple times a year. But I think, you know, we'll look at some of the stats from PFF here. I had no idea the discrepancy when it comes to quarterbacks handling pressure. I knew Baker struggled under pressure this year, but I didn't know his QB rating was 43.3. Like, he looked bad against the Rams, and you just saw the decision. I mean, you know he doesn't trust his O-line. So I think that's a huge concern, especially given the edge talent that the 49ers have with Bosa and Ford. So that's a huge concern, but I didn't know Baker was that because he has looked very skittish in the pocket, especially when pressure comes. Yeah, it's easier for Baker to look good when they got that running game going, and I think that that's going to be the recipe for success for them. And also, like Nick Chubb is playing close to like ninety-five percent of the snaps for them, and he he's got to use him now once Cream comes back in November. Yeah, I'm curious to see what that's going to look like when the time comes. Oh my God, Lockett just made a wild catch. Is that a touchdown? Dude, Ty Lockett. I hope that's a touchdown. Oh, my God. I have him in captain on DraftKings. Let's go. Oh, maybe we can win king of the beach, man. Maybe we can win king of the beach. All right. Who you got in this one? You beat me to it. Oh. I'm going to go with the Niners. All right. I picked Cleveland last week. I'm going Cleveland. Yeah? Dude, let's just wrap up with this. This Niners schedule, and I think I touched on it last week. You're so excited about that. Niners are like your Colts this year, I feel like. You, <sighs> you just find that team you got to ride. Yo, look, man. 3-0. and They got home to Browns. At Rams, at Skins. All right. Well, you got one win there. Say five and one, <laughs> right? We'll we'll give them a loss to the Rams, which actually we don't even know because the Rams still got. They will have extended this. break though. Thursday night game yeah. turns out 
Mike, how do you think that? You think that's a touchdown right there? That was a touchdown? Hopefully that's a touchdown. And then we have home to the Panthers at the Cardinals. Wow. That's a very that's dude, a, they can they can be they can be seven and two after nine. Their games. play schedule does help. It does help. Yeah. You know, and they also have the fourteenth easiest schedule in the NFC. I just did a video for Chat Sports Cheap Plug and I put them as my two seed. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's a lot of talent in the NFC, but there's no denying the talent they have. Like I think people underestimate how good their D line could be and how much it could take over games. Can I tell you who the San Francisco 49ers remind me of? Kansas City a couple of years ago with Alex Smith, where they I wouldn't say cruise, but they get a bye week, losing the division around to a to a Seahawks or Eagles to an Eagles, a Cowboys, a team with experience, a Packers. Yeah. Right. One of those teams where been there, done that. We don't care if we go on the road. Maybe uh, similar to when the Falcons beat the Rams. I was one of dude, that's an all time bet of mine. Uh, wow. When they played them in the playoffs, right. I was like, yo, there's no way the Falcons don't win this game. I was so interesting. Confident. Okay. Because I think sometimes when a team overachieves and it, and it goes back to I everyone knows I love betting and gambling and I look at win totals. When a team surpasses their win total, it means that they overachieved. And especially when it's a young team like the Niners, I believe the Niners have one of the youngest rosters in the NFC. You get a team like Philly coming in, you get a team like Green Bay coming in, I could definitely be I could see that being something that they're not ready for that moment yet. So I know I'm reaching. I'm talking about something that's yeah. going to happen in January, but I just like this Niners team. I'm going to go with the Niners on this okay. one. I'm leaning Cleveland. Not really confident, but I'm going to trust that D line. I think OBJ is going to have a huge game. Yeah, yeah, he definitely. Uh, Richard Sherman on OBJ. That should be fun. <laughs> they just lost Jason Verrett again to IR. Poor guy, man. man Jason Verrett. Talk about lost town, man. I, he was really a budding star. He was a. East with the charges, and I thought he would be the steal of free agency. They got him on like a a, a veterans minimum kind of contract. A very you know nice play on words there, but well, there's no steal then. Current defense player here, Shaquille Barrett. Who, Yo, yeah, <laughs> we gotta give a quick sacks. shout. Nine sacks. He For, forced a turnover on uh, golf. Yeah, Sue revenge, revenge game. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Shaquille Barrett. He's just doing it all. Yeah, yeah so. All right, guys. I think we can wrap up here. Alan, where can they find you if they want to contact you? Find me at Alan underscore Sturk. That's A-double-L-E-N underscore S-T-R-K on Twitter. I'll have my uh, Falcons-Texans preview. It should be a fun game. This week. Uh, the Texans, that all, if you, you want DFS advice, start every Texan possible, if you know what I mean. Every Texan? Oh, D-Hop week? I, I've, I've, D-Hop he, would be nice. He's slow start this year a little bit, but I think, yeah, he could go off, and I think Watson's going to do his thing. What about Fuller? How are we feeling about Fuller? I played Fuller every week, and I think he's due for a monster game. The way he stretches the field. It, but the thing is, you you can only bank on so much because you know the volume's not there. I know, yeah. But He's the ultimate uh, tournament play when you're talking about daily right. fantasy. So uh, You yeah. can find me at The Lamb Show, Twitter, Instagram, and on Twitch, at Veterans Minimum, on Instagram, on Facebook. Give a like to the Facebook page, on Twitter. Again, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. And hit me up if you guys want some merch, whether it's a hat or if it's a shirt. If you're a Patreon member, just let me know that you are one and you'll get a discount off the merchandise. Ooh, I just remembered. Main event this weekend, UFC pay-per-view, Australia. My favorite fighter, Robert Whitaker. Versus the Phenom. Adesanya. Just real quick, what are you, how are you feeling about that? 
It'd be nice if we could at least get to the fight because Whitaker oh, last couple times. For, but Whitaker's had serious injuries too. The yeah. guy had, had emergency surgery, so I, don't, I I try not to be too critical of guys that had severe injuries. Like I know some fighters are injury prone, but uh, man, it's good. I think it's gonna go definitely five rounds. I think it's definitely a fight year contender. But I think Asanya is gonna pick him apart. You saw Whitaker against Romero; he does get hit quite a bit. And against a guy like Asanya, who is just he's one of the most clever strikers I think we've ever seen in the sport. So I think that that's what's gonna be there. But I wouldn't be surprised if Whitaker starts shooting on him and just kind of make it dirty boxing. But I just think Asanya is too slick. Hmm. Man, I got to go with Bobby Knuckles. It's one of the best nicknames. Homer pick. He hasn't fought in a while. I'm a little concerned when it comes to Romero, right? Yeah, Romero was his last fight. That was Punk's last fight. Wow. Probably last fight ever. (laughs) Last fight ever. (laughs) But yeah, that should be... Actually, you know what? The card is kind of lackluster. You you do have... Salute to our guy I like Kidda, though. Yeah, against Dan Hooker. But then after that, there's not much else on that card that's really exciting. So, Ooh, our, our buddy Jared got announced. For uh, UFC Sao Paulo against Du Bronx, Du Bronx, Charles Oliveira, man, that's a that's a big fight for Jared, dude. Because Oliveira is a 12th ranked contender, dude. I don't think it, I think he lead all time most triangle chokes. Like he always wins by triangle chokes. So we're gonna see Jared. You know his forte's BJJ. Well, I think I think he's gonna be a, a big underdog and. We might have to start a uh, PayPal foundation and put some money on that bet because if Jared hits, it'll be a good it's time. It's November 16th, so he's got about six weeks. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, guys. Uh, enjoy week five. Enjoy UFC if you're watching, and we'll catch you on the Monday pod.